Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, Mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, Mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Welcome back to another episode of Bell and Beyond. This is episode eight and I can't believe how far we have made it. It has been such an exciting and encouraging journey. We have people tuning in from across 14 countries, all around Australia, every single city and state. We've had literally over a thousand downloads. It's been such an stunning experience getting to know so many of you, testimonies coming in about things that have been shared on the podcast that have changed your life from your baby's first foods to your labor through to feeling empowered with your feeding journey, your breastfeeding journey. Um, It's just been a stunning experience and I just wanted to share so much gratitude to everybody that's continuing to listen in. One thing that's really touched my heart is how many women who are yet to be mothers are listening and using the podcast as a way of preparation for motherhood and that actually has been such an amazing experience and I'm so, so, so grateful for everyone that's tuning in. But this episode is with someone I became friends with quite some time ago now, kind of watched her journey of finishing her qualifications and watching her as a mother and the way that she has such a passion and niche for prenatal and postnatal care. Her name is, in fact, Renee Lynch. She's a qualified clinical naturopath and holistic nutritionist with a Bachelor of Health Science in Naturopathy. Renee has the unique ability to hold space for clients, allowing them to feel heard, supported, and empowered throughout their healing journey. She offers a gentle and realistic treatment approach and believes in building a strong foundation to to health by addressing key pillars such as food we eat, spiritual and emotional well-being, sleep, movement, lifestyle, and gut health. She's a mama to one beautiful little girl and understands what it's like to juggle the many everyday things of life between your personal and career and our desire to excel at all of them. She particularly focuses on clients and works alongside women with PCOS, endometriosis, thyroid conditions, preconception care, pregnancy and postpartum support, postnatal anxiety, adrenal insufficiency, PMS, PMDD, adult acne, autoimmunity, gut health, and her own postnatal depletion. So I'm really, really excited for you to listen to the rest of our conversations today. I asked Renee if she could share a little bit more around postnatal depletion, the nutrients we need after birth, how much nutrients actually get sucked out of us from breastfeeding and what we can be doing to ensure that we stay healthy and vibrant after birth from a naturopathy perspective. So get ready. You're going to love this. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bell and Beyond. I have the amazing Renee Lynch here, who is a clinical naturopath and one passionate mama about postnatal care. So welcome, Renee. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your clinic. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and such an incredible topic to be chatting about today. I know it's something you're really passionate about and something I'm really passionate about as well. Um, So as you said, I'm a naturopath. I have a Bachelor of Health Science uh, majoring in naturopathy. I currently practice in clinic in Sydney at a clinic called Orchard Street in Bronte. If you're in Sydney, likely you've heard of Orchard Street. But for beautiful mums all over Australia, UK and New Zealand, I also offer Zoom consults. The beauty of COVID, if there is any beauty, is that it has 100% normalised telehealth and really transformed how I practice and how many people I can reach. Yeah. I love it. And it's just made it more, yeah, accessible, yeah, for everybody because the reality is there's probably women all over Australia that would absolutely love to focus on their postnatal care and have access to you. So I love that. Tell us how you became so passionate because out of naturopathy and everything you've studied, you literally could have gone anyway. There's so many Mm. ways that you could have focused on health. You obviously have a huge passion for women. How did this all kind of create for you? Yeah, that's a really great question because there are so many different specialties. And I think that's the beauty of the industry now is that you can become a specialist in so many different areas. And it almost feels like you have access to multiple careers in one modality. If, you know, in years to come, I might end up specializing in menopause and it's that's amazing um but for me I always think it was just female health and hormones it was one of the first textbooks I bought in my second semester of uni then when I had one year left to go in my course so where you're really like racing towards the finish line and it feels like you have no time left at all I fell pregnant and that that pushed my and that's when I met you yeah that pushed my graduation date back by a year but I can honestly say that she was 100% supposed to come into our lives at the time she did and it having her and experiencing pregnancy childbirth postpartum made me a better practitioner it brought to life everything that I could learn and more from a textbook. There's just no comparison reading from a textbook than actually being able to experience it. And the moment I stepped into student clinic, you better believe it, all I attracted was preconception, pregnancy and postpartum women. Wow. It's amazing. I love that. And I'm guessing as well on the journey, you were learning what food you were eating. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Like, you're actually quite an amazing cook and you have an actually <laughs> massive passion for food. Yeah. And that's also become part of your practice and your support as well is making postpartum fun and easy and simple, but also nutritionally supporting the body. So Renee, tell us why is it so important to focus on our nutrition after birth? For any woman who has been through birth, you will know why it's important to focus on (laughs) nutrition. The best way to describe it is like you've just run a marathon 
And if you think about a marathon runner and how much they need to support themselves while they're training, feed their bodies right during a marathon and then help with the recovery after a marathon, then you can 100% appreciate that every single woman should be doing the same thing for herself. It's very common that women make incredible changes to their lifestyle and nutrition when they find out they're pregnant. It completely can 180, you know, do a complete flip on how some women are living. All of a sudden they care about what they're putting on their skin, what they're putting in their body because they've got this little life inside them. However, what they don't realize is that it is just as important postpartum to continue those healthy habits. Things like poor diet postpartum can increase your risk of gestational diabetes in subsequent pregnancies. Wow. It, it can impact your ability to have like high blood pressure and other kind of pregnancy-related outcomes. So wow. super, super important to at least take your prenatal supplement or continue to take it after you have your child, but also to really focus on your nutrition. And I guess it comes back to the whole conversation that I know is really strong at the moment, which is you're pregnant, it's all about you, it's all about you being pregnant and exercising and feeling good and feeding the baby and then as soon as the baby's born, it becomes all about the baby and mum gets basically pushed to the wayside Mm -hmm. and that also means potentially not showering, you don't even get to wash your hair, you'd be lucky if you get up and cook a proper meal. I think as well something I'd love to see change is food trains often can just Mm -hmm. become Uber Eats or sending takeaway, which is actually the last thing a mum needs. I know it feels like you're being really supportive by her not cooking, but actually sending her a box of pizza really isn't what she actually needs nutritionally, isn't going to give her energy and fire or help her create breast milk, which I hope you'll talk about. So it's really important. I think we bring the attention back to mum actually has to put the air mask on the airplane first Mm -hmm. to actually be able to put the air mask on the baby. And it is about baby hundred percent. It's this beautiful thing, but so tell us a little bit more. There's two things. I'd love you to touch on the reality of postnatal depletion. I love that you mentioned some of the things can, can have an ongoing effect actually for your second and third pregnancies. Mm. But also like just delve deep. Let's just get right into it. What can we be doing straight after birth or even in the preparation of pregnancy, aka cooking and freezing food, mm-hmm. to really avoid this whole postnatal depletion and be thriving healthy mums after birth? I think one of the best things you can do is prep. Absolutely set aside time, bring in a family member, ask a friend and do some preparation because you are going to be running on less sleep. You are going to be tired. You are going to be healing. And the hardest thing, like you just mentioned, is actually getting up and being able to cook a meal when you feel that way you're running on adrenaline you're running on barely any sleep like look after yourself think I always think of it as looking out for my future self whenever I make more dinner than we need and save it as leftovers for lunch that is me looking out for my future self and it's what women should do before they have a baby so that's um, cooking and freezing things like soups stews broths uh, 
making some dry mixes of dal or kachiri, really looking at, you know, warming, easy to digest foods that can easily be defrosted and reheated and eaten. Another thing is thinking of one-handed snacks. It sounds really funny, but you're going to be nursing a baby. So you should be thinking about what snacks can I prepare that are going to be easy for me to eat for when I need a snack because essentially we need approximately 2,500 extra kilojoules or approximate that equates to about 590 calories per day postpartum to support our breastfeeding needs. So, you know, that's nearly 600 calories. That's almost a, a whole meal. And so we need to make sure we're getting that not only in our breakfast, lunch and dinner, but in nutrient-dense snacks throughout the day as well. I love that you called it the one hand. I would joke, I need a one utensil meal. It has to be with a spoon or a fork. It needs to be all mashed together. It needs to be soft. James would try and serve me like a piece of steak and veggies, like I was at a pub. And I'm like, mate, that requires two utensils, a serrated knife, and I have to actually use my arm to saw that piece of meat. That's yeah. not going to work. Why couldn't you slow yeah. cook me an osso and I can eat it with a spoon and some mashed potato? Exactly. Or just <laughs> Chuck it in the blender and let me drink it. (laughs) I'll do purees. But it's, and it's so true. And I love that you said warming food from the little research that I've done. The body's very empty after birth and can be very cold and it's trying to heal and adding in that warmth and nourishment. And it's very grounding earthy foods as well, like Mm -hmm. root vegetables and um, like, softened meats and stewed meats that are very easy to digest like because chewing is just even effort when you're you know (laughs) just trying to look after this baby it's also the impact that your digestive system has from having a baby it changes you know you've got organs shifting around you've got hormones that are fluctuating your uterus is trying to shrink back to what it was before um the best way to describe childbirth is you know, it's a, it is a mild form of inflammation on the body. So we want to do everything that we can with food wise to make all of those processes easier. And that's why having easy to digest foods is preferred to say something like a cold raw salad where your body has to work extra hard to break it down and absorb it. Yeah, well, I think the only cold thing I literally had my whole postpartum journey was like a smoothie sometimes and it was purely just because I could get so many nutrients in a really easy way and just sit there and have a drink. Yeah. But that was like one of the only – I actually didn't even attract – like my body wasn't even craving like salads or cold foods. It was literally, yeah, all those warming, stewy bowls. Just going to add with the smoothie, I 100% agree there. It's such a good way to get in leafy greens. You can steam and freeze cauliflower you can steam and freeze zucchini and you can throw all of those in and really pack a nutrient dense punch in a smoothie and then you can add like a warming spice like cinnamon if you're having banana in the smoothie put some cinnamon in and that spice is going to be warming in the digestive system it's funny you said frozen cauliflower when i first had hunter i ate like a jar of jam 
raspberry jam, which is really <laughs> unlike me. I don't have a sweet tooth. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Is this because I'm like lactating and I'm craving more sugary foods and that, that my breast milk is sweet? And then I dug a little bit deeper that it's actually really common to not be getting enough fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, you end up craving sweet things. And after about six to maybe eight months, I just stopped wanting to eat jam. And I was like, oh, my toast doesn't taste as good anymore because <laughs> I'm not eating jam on it. But one of the things I read online, it was put frozen cauliflower in all your smoothies and all these different fibrous foods. But like, can you talk about that? Is that something like really common? And, and also touch on some of the key nutrients that we really need after we have baby. Yeah, listen, fiber is incredibly important. As I mentioned, our digestive system gets quite sluggish and what you'll often see is constipation becomes very, very normal postpartum and it's not really something that's talked about. It can end up resulting in postpartum hemorrhoids, which the last thing you want as a breastfeeding mother is to also not be able to sit down. So making sure that you're having adequate fiber in the way of fruits and vegetables, pumpkin, roasted pumpkin skin, really good quality gluten-free grains. There's a great recipe. I'm pretty sure everyone that's into health knows of the life-changing loaf of bread by My New Roots. It's an incredible loaf that you can bake that has oats, flaxseed, psyllium husks, nuts other nuts and seeds and it's such an easy thing to make and have on hand smear it with some nut butter put something sweet on it have it with avocado and you've got a really easy one-handed fiber-packed snack and obviously making sure that you're drinking plenty of water along with increased fiber intake as for key nutrients it really it depends so say for a mother who's had a a c-section There's obviously a lot of healing that needs to be done. So looking at the main nutrients for tissue healing, you're looking at vitamin A, zinc, vitamin C, and adequate protein, Uh, making sure that, you know, your meals are packed with gelatinous meat. Um, I'd also recommend supplementing in those particular cases. Um, There's also a fair bit of inflammation that's happening after a C-section. So there's herbal medicine that can support with that. And just general postpartum, as I mentioned before, something that's not really spoken about is continuing to take your prenatal supplement. Obviously, we want diet first. We want to be getting it in through our diet, but as a backup, taking a good quality prenatal supplement and I can rattle off a couple of my favorites if you like please because there's so much dodgy the and like even just the whole conversation around folic acid but I would love to know what brands that you trust yeah I did a post on that particular prenatal supplement on my Instagram for those that want to have a little bit more of a read about what we're talking about. Um, But a couple of my favorites are a brand called Naturo Best, which is an Australian naturopath. She formulated this particular supplement. She does a preconception one for men and women. And then she has a uh, trimester one 
that also has B6 and ginger, which is really good for women who experience nausea and morning sickness. And then she has a trimester two, trimester three and pregnancy blend. Uh, and then I also like, if you just want something that's easy to get over the counter, uh, Eagle, their Tressos Natal is a good one. Okay. So, hey, there's heaps of other practitioner only brands, but they would be just two go-tos. I listed a, a few more in that post. Hey ladies, I just want to take a quick ad break. So go grab a cup of tea or go to the toilet, whatever you need. And how amazing is Renee? Hey, she's just stunning. She is highlighting everything that we really need nutritionally and emotionally as a mom after birth and how powerful our bodies are, but they've gone through this incredible transition and it takes time and healing. So it's important to gather those beautiful nourishing foods, those warming foods, those nutrient dense foods and community around you in your journey after birth to ensure that you're putting on that air mask first and putting it on your baby second because without you mama the rest of the world can't do what you do so we need you feeling fit and healthy and strong but I just really want to also acknowledge someone very important to me Sarah issue and you can go and find her over at Sarah issue photo on Instagram and that's Sarah S-A-R-A issue eshu photo now she's in fact the incredible photographer that took photos of hunter and i all across my instagram belly and beyond underscore and i've had so many people reaching out commenting on the way that she captured the photos of hunter and i at one year old i in fact did not get the opportunity or choose to take the opportunity to do those first newborn photos um, because of hunter's particular situation with his cleft and I always felt a little bit sad about that. And I was been waiting for this precious moment to get a whole photo shoot done. And it was just the right time as launching this podcast. And I have to say, she has an absolute gift at capturing the very unique essence of individual women. And I'm so proud of the work that she's doing. So if you're a mama and you want to capture these beautiful moments with your family, or you've got the newborn photos, or you're pregnant, you'll also see a bunch of pregnancy photos coming across my Instagram as well. I was down at the beach, the white dress, and it was absolutely one of my most favorite days ever. So jump over to Instagram, get her photographing you and your family and just allow her to reveal the absolute inner beauty that's within you and your family. I know you're absolutely going to love it. Now let's get right back into the rest of the episode with Renee. I'm so excited. And can you also please just touch on, cause I know this is so big and like, I literally had a friend the other day that was like, Oh yeah, I just got one of the, <laughs> I don't know if I should brand bash, but the the cheap Blackmores off the Woolworths counter for, you know, pre-pregnancy, it was like $10. And I looked up the ingredients. I was like, oh, they're like not natural, like actual vitamins and minerals. They're synthetic. Like you really yeah. shouldn't be having that. And yeah. it's hard to explain because I'm not a practitioner, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, can you just speak into that, that women actually kind of dig a little bit deeper into what they're using and don't just grab anything because it says pregnancy on the on the label. Yeah. I would just say that you should always do your own research um, regardless of the topic. 
there's always going to be supplements that your doctor recommends you or ones that you can grab over the counter. But the thing is, is that they may not even have adequate doses of the nutrients that are really important during pregnancy, which is why I think it's best to always get a practitioner only supplement because you know that they're meeting the minimum quota of what should be in the product. Yeah. Renee, can you also just touch on the the top key nutrients that we actually need, you know, post-anal care. I know iron was a really big one for me. Yes. Um, that was causing lots of fatigue. and Iron's a big one throughout the whole pregnancy because if you think about how much our blood, our blood volume increases when we're pregnant and then obviously postpartum we have quite a lot of blood loss which varies from woman to woman. So, yeah, iron would absolutely be one of the top nutrients, um, vitamin B12, and then we've got things like our uh, DHA, omega-3 fatty acids, um, choline is a huge one that it, that impacts our mood and neurotransmitters, vitamin D, zinc. The list could go on. As I said, your prenatal is going to cover it off, but a good, balanced, whole food, nutrient-dense diet should also cover these. And one of the easiest things a woman can do for iron is get some pasture-raised organic chicken liver, keep it in the freezer for two weeks, and then take that out and grate it into every hot meal that you have because the liver is one of the highest sources of iron and B12. Uh, you can take liver capsules. Um, nettle tea is a beautiful way to help with iron. It's quite a blood-building herb. Um, three cups per day is considered therapeutic dose. So you can get if you can get your hands on some nettle tea, that will be a bit of a game-changer as well. Uh, and then making sure you're getting safe sun exposure, and yeah, really making sure you're having a good, healthy diet. Yeah, wow. And it doesn't have to be hard. I know this probably sounds like oh, it's intense, all these things I have to do, but at the end of the day, it's actually not that hard. And so just tell us some of the really easy, beautiful routines that I know you've shared with me before that you would do in the morning mm -hmm. um, after Frey was born, like your mushroom tonics, you would make like a hot cacao drink and you would add things to that. And that was just a great way to start your day nutritionally. Yes. So I... I stopped caffeine when I found out I was pregnant or coffee really. Uh, it's the evidence is goes both ways. There are some people who are like 100% you should give up coffee. Other times you'll hear someone saying a little bit is okay. So I'll leave that up to you to, to decide how coffee makes you feel. If it makes you feel anxious or if you're using it to go to the bathroom, then you should probably reassess your relationship with it. But personally, my decision was to stop coffee and I did also continue to do that for the start of my breastfeeding journey. What I used instead to kind of replenish my nervous system and I don't know have a beautiful ritual for myself was I used medicinal mushrooms that replenish our jing which in traditional Chinese medicine is our kidney energy so when you come across depletion fatigue convalescence we're looking at jing 
So I used Super Feast and I would make myself either a beautiful turmeric latte and put the Jing powder in there or I would use Reishi in my hot chocolates and I just mixed it up and had fun. I always included ghee, grass-fed organic ghee in my blends because ghee is rehydrating to breast milk in Ayurvedic culture. Uh, so yeah, just played around and just did some fun things like that. Never did I, I never missed coffee. And you gave me all those recipes, obviously, when I came to see you and I did all of them and I actually still do all of them because they're just a lovely practice just to continue, I think, as a, as a busy mom and just to replenish and nourish. Um, so I love that you did all that. And it is actually a really easy way mom can just super start her morning and give you that mm-hmm. extra energy after those sleepless nights. You just touched on, um, ghee for breastfeeding can you also just share a little bit more about how much breast milk actually sucks from us like I think we're like yeah we're breastfeeding one Mm -hmm. you need to have so much water which I know you're also really passionate about that was one of the things you were like you need to have this many liters of water Mm -hmm. it's so important but can you just really amplify to mums that haven't really thought about it how important it is to know that your breast milk is actually literally sucking, I don't know what the percentage is of nutrients from your body, and you get left with less, you know? Mm, yeah. So on average, milk production is about 850 mils per day, which is quite a lot of water. In general, we say two litres of water a day is what we'd ideally like the average human to have. But if you're a breastfeeding mum, I would push that up to three litres when you're thinking about how much you're losing and how much you need to replenish. So yeah, at least three three litres. And remember, you don't just have to sit there with a bottle of water in front of you. Herbal tea counts towards your intake. Anything that has caffeine, you can scrap off that list, but a beautiful herbal tea will count towards your overall water intake. Yeah. Wow. Super, super, super important. And I remember just having different, like I had water next to my bed, water in the lounge room, water here, water there. And just, I would just keep having little sips throughout the day, mm. depending on where yeah. I was sitting and going around. Yeah. I think one <laughs> of the easiest things you can do is to kickstart your morning with two glasses of water. Warm it if you prefer it to be warm. I always have just room temp water. I feel like it's too much on the body to have cold water. But if you have two glasses of water first thing in the morning, it's 500 mils straight so you're already on your way I love that okay another thing I'm super passionate about and I did touch on it at the beginning of our chat can you just please give some mums out there or yet to be mums ideas of what they can do for food trains for mums after they've had a baby other than just send uber eats like can you just give us some top tips or really easy way not everyone's a chef not everyone loves cooking and they want to do something mm-hmm. could they maybe go this is what i asked everyone to do for me go to like a local broth bar and just drop off some broths like at the least like if that's as simple as you need it to be like what's some really great things people can do to support mums nutritionally Yeah, listen, I think one of the biggest issues is that women don't like asking for help. They feel feel like they're burdening other families who are also, you know, trying to put food on the table and do life. Uh, But I think what you'll find is that when you have your baby, people kind of want to know what they can do for you. 
They want to know if there's something in particular that you need because they don't just want to go and buy something and, you know, already have three of them. So if someone says like, what can I do for you in the lead up to your birth? Just say, listen, I'd absolutely love if you could join my meal train or just bring me a meal in those early days when the last thing I want to be thinking about is what's for dinner. And some of the best things you can do is just cook cook double or triple what you're making your family. I'm pretty sure everybody makes a bolognese or puts on a pot of soup or chucks something in the slow cooker and meals like that are probably the best thing that you can take a new mum. And if you literally never cook, I would go to like if you are in Sydney somewhere like Orchard Street and get her a soup or some like a smoothie or some broths or even like maybe some activated like nice quality nuts or mm-hmm. like you said even a jar of ghee that she can pop into some hot water and cacao like all those kind of key ingredients I guess mums kind of forget about they actually do matter or some beautiful teas yeah, absolutely you like could that. get you could get her a lovely nursing tea or you could jump on you know and have a look at some of those medicinal mushrooms and put together a little gift pack and think what you know what recipes do they have on that website I know Superfeast have a heap of different elixir recipes and you can get some great ideas and then maybe order her a little turmeric latte mix or something like that and just keeping her in mind because everybody's you know, fussing over the baby and she's the one that's almost there like a deer in headlights wondering what the hell happened to her. Yeah, so true. And those like little touches just place, I guess, again, value and dignity upon women who just want to be heard and noticed and felt like someone cares about them. So I'm really passionate about shifting the postpartum gifts that get dropped off. Like we really don't need any more cute little baby clothes that are too big that they're not even going to be able to wear for like another year (laughs) or like a teddy bear that they're not even going to interact with to at least their one year old, even though they're beautiful. And I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but they're actually really not practical in that newborn season. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just wondering as well. So I know that there's mums out there, they're going to be listening and they're like, I didn't nourish myself after birth and of course definitely don't want anyone to feel guilty or like any shame around that. Like a lot of this does come back down to education. I do not think our society educates enough on this. How would mums actually really know this unless you're quite present on Instagram and follow healthy accounts? Mm -hmm. And I know I just talking to a mum the other day who actually ordered the book called The Postnatal Depletion. I can't remember what the rest of it's called. You would know that. You've got it right there in front of you. And I was thinking, you know, that mum was like uh, nearly 18 months ago that she had a baby. Like, can you just give some encouraging words to mums that do feel like that might be them? They are still sluggish. They're not sleeping properly. They're always getting sick. They just haven't bounced back from birth, thriving and feeling good. They might even be back to exercising yet. I don't know what, but... What can they do if it is really bad? They can obviously come and see you. You can have a consult. But just to really encourage women, it's okay. Like there is still another chance. You can work through this and they can feel like they're back to their normal self again. 
Yeah, so Dr. Or, uh, Oscar Serilac, who wrote Postnatal Depletion Cure, said that he would see some women who are ten up to 10 years postpartum who were depleted and he just he saw it in his own wife and more and more women presented to him in clinic with the same kind of symptoms of you know endless seem like never-ending baby brain incredible fatigue uh, insomnia loss of skin elasticity dry skin soft nails um, thinning hair even like translucent teeth where your teeth start losing their their plaque or their the calcium um, and then also things like light and sound sensitivity and if you go to your standard GP and just have a 15 minute appointment they're not really going to be able to help you because postnatal depletion is not a medical term and it's not really something that's recognized so that's where the role of uh, a naturopath or an integrative practitioner uh, comes in because they're going to kind of be able to look at the whole picture of you and, you know, look at all of the different pieces of the puzzle of what's happening and start to kind of rebuild. With my clients, I send them away to have pathology done so we can kind of get a baseline of where they're at and start rebuilding and start implementing diet and lifestyle changes. A lot of it is the simple stuff. It's focusing on sleep. It's focusing on good nutrition. It's drinking lots of water. It's having like safe sun exposure. It's nothing is crazy. There might be a little bit of supplementation or herbal medicine to get you underway but essentially it's about you kind of getting the foundations right yeah and being supported through it and encouraged and you know through those tests you can assess maybe there was something like that wasn't going right in someone's levels or their I don't know all the terms but there could have been something that wasn't right before pregnancy and pregnancy is just tips them into that depletion place but getting this yeah. right again could potentially avoid them um maybe having complications in their next pregnancy or feeling depleted after their next pregnancy like this. If yeah. anyone is feeling like that and they get onto it now, this can actually set them up for the rest of their pregnancies and potentially avoid some things that might have been happening. Absolutely. Um, Thyroid issues are a huge one postpartum. So that's why it is really important to go and see a practitioner because you might have postpartum thyroiditis and, you know, you think that you can't shift this baby weight and you've got this brain fog and fatigue and all along it's just your thyroid and that's something that we can so easily you know, get back to homeostasis and, and have you feeling better. Wow. Wow. So are they the most, what are the most common things that women will be able to recognize that are listening that could be happening after birth that maybe should be alarming? You noticed, you just said then they're maybe not losing baby weight. Obviously there's definitely a reasonable time. There's no expectations to be losing <laughs> your baby weight, but if it's going on past a certain time, let's say like things aren't changing within, I don't know, eight to 12 months. Can you just mm. highlight some of those things that people should be maybe red flagging? Yeah, I would generally say 
you should do say a six month and a 12 month postpartum checkup. So with your practitioner do, you know, full blood count, iron studies, uh, zinc, vitamin D, just a a full thorough list of pathology to see where you're at. And if you are still like, you've got a child that's now sleeping through the night, hopefully, and you're still experiencing, you know, wakefulness throughout the night or waking up feeling like your energy's at a one or two, uh, just feeling like you don't have that get up and go that you have or as a naturopath we refer to it as our vitality. And, yeah, you just feel like you should be feeling better but you really feel like you're going backwards in a way. I would say definitely seek help because there are things that we can do and it might be something underlying that's happening with you that can be fixed. Yeah, I love that. And I love that it just means mums get another chance because I just, I honestly feel like there's this culture potentially, I don't know how many generations back, but definitely the few generations before us where you kind of just suck it up and get on with it, love. Oh, my back's been hurting since I had my third child. It's never gone back the same. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with waking up and having this vitality that you talk about just because I've had a baby. I don't believe Mm -hmm. I need to be in a state of suffering just because I gave birth. Um, So I love that we get a second chance and we can heal our body. I loved when I was talking to B from Core Flora Store. She's like, if I can birth a baby, I can heal myself. Totally. (laughs) And I was like, and I was like, yeah, we're freaking amazing. Like yeah. as women, we actually are bossing it. So yeah. don't give up before I'll lose hope. If you're one of those moms that just feels like you're drowning or in that black hole, there is people out there that are really passionate, like Renee on seeing you thrive and getting you back to that vitality. And you can go over to her Instagram, which is tell me all the underscores. It's Renee. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you made me think, what is what is it? It's Renee Lynch, so R-E-N-E-E-L-Y-N-C-H underscore naturopath. I, I also just want to say that just because something is common, so it's common to have baby brain, it's common to carry excess weight, it's common to feel fatigued, does not mean it's normal. So go and get yourself mm. checked out, put yourself first and start, yeah, start prioritizing you. Yeah, because you matter and without you, there's no one else that can be that mum to your baby, that wife or partner or sister or daughter or friend. So we really want to see mums, I believe, in my generation and our children's generations doing postpartum care differently and really honouring ourselves after birth and really having space to heal and nurture and nourish. Mm -hmm. In a way, we really were doing like back in more ancient times and I know a lot of um you know Chinese culture African culture Indian culture they really honor this we've really gone amiss in um developed countries like Australia I don't know what the go is with this I don't know if it's Aussie culture we have to act tough all the time and just be this strong woman that bounces back to work at six months I don't know where that culture developed but yeah it doesn't need to be you and it doesn't need to continue and I love what you're doing Renee thanks so much for supporting women and being an inspiration and I love that women can get in contact with you all around Australia well actually globally Um, but thank you thank you so much for your time I'm excited for this next season for you and your practice I feel like there's big things coming and um, I love that you found this niche because it's just so needed 
thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. I think it's really, really important to look after mums because I feel like the future is female. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I love it. And also, I forgot at the beginning, I didn't ask you what your top mum tip was, so tell us. I've been waiting for this. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, it's the only reason I'm here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, don't lose yourself. Something I see yeah. in clinic all the time it, with women who have children who are growing is they're finally coming back to themselves and they don't know who they are. They don't know what they do for fun. They barely connect with their husband. So my top mum tip is to always prioritize yourself find continue to find things that you love and that bring you joy and make sure you schedule the time in I know with my partner I I will have to say hey I'm going to have a sauna or I'm going to do this and literally book the time in so that you continue to prioritize yourself and put yourself first Absolutely. I love that. Super, super important. I love that you said book it in because then mm. he'll see it in the calendar and know that you're going and there's no buts about it and he's babysitting. Exactly. And that's yeah. just what's happening and they kind of recalculate their time around that. So, yeah, that's well, you, awesome. You touched on it with the, you know, fitting the face mask before you fit other kids when you're on a, you know, if the plane's going down, so to speak. And by going out and doing these things for yourself, you end up coming back to your family, feeling more refreshed, more energized with things to talk about. It improves your relationship with your partner. So it's really a win-win for everyone. Well, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening, refreshing, nourishing. Um, I'm so excited for what's to come for women in our generation. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together.